You are listening to Seattle Sports Saturday with Lydia Cruz, Curtis Rogers, and Taylor Jacobs on 710 ESPN Seattle. We're talking about sports video games and which ones you bring back because we got the news this week that 2K and the NFL have reached an agreement. Got some more text coming in from the two from the 425. NCAA baseball, which had a one-year run. Oh, great text. Yes. I remember playing that because they lost the MLB deal. Mm-hmm. So they're like, well, let's just make it a college game. And, uh, yeah, they had the, the aluminum bats in that game. I think was Texas was, like, yes. filthy in that Yeah, they were. The of course, you got Augie Garrido being their manager, <laughs> one of the great names in sports. Uh, 360 says NCAA football 14 and NCAA basketball 10, two of my favorite games ever. I just have to go find a copy again. Uh, 206 says in NFL street two, I'd always use Sean Alexander and he was unstoppable. Sean Alexander and priest Holmes and Ricky Williams are insane in NFL street games. Uh, four, two, five real quick here. Lydia is out sick today. She's okay. She has a cold. She's just out. Sick. Yeah. So no need to stress about Lydia. She'll be back soon. She will. Yeah. She'll be back next week with us. So we sports another underrated yeah. one. Yeah. No texted it in, but that was just a game where, boy, you could. Uh, I think Matt was the guy, not Matt behind the board, but Matt was the uh, computer character who was so hard to beat at any game, bowling, tennis. He would always be so good. So screw Matt. Yeah. <laughs> not you, Matt, but the other Matt. Maybe that matter. But that Matt, too. <laughs> but coming up in this hour, uh, we're going to take a look at what Seattle's first move in free agency should be. Uh, speaking of the start of the NFL year, uh, Adam Schefter, just tweeting moments ago, he says this, The NFL continues to say it's business as usual and new league will start this week. Multiple team officials expressed widespread skepticism that the NFL can start its league year this week. When our country is in a crisis and so much travel, visits, and physicals would have to happen. Uh, That's from Adam Schefter of ESPN, who tweets that right now. And obviously the impact of the cancellations in the world of sports right now, it's continuing to uh, play out. We don't quite know what the future is going to look like in in really any of these sports. Um, But NFL is right now sort of in this waiting period. They have to wait for the CBA to get ratified in order to really open up the the league year. But we're just going to take a look at some of the impacts that these cancellations could have or will have or have, have already had on our local teams here in town. And with the Seahawks, there is still that question of the league year starting on time and no pro days right now, mm-hmm. no in-person visits. I feel like with no pro days or no in-person visits, especially in the prep for the NFL draft, that's going to be really tough for teams, I think, to get a true read on who it is that they're drafting. Yeah, I mean, there's so many players who don't go to the combine, right? And that don't get that invite and yet still get drafted and yet still make an impact in the NFL. So it's unfortunate that these opportunities for those players to prove themselves and to show their worth to these scouts uh, is going to be missed. Yeah, and you know it's going to be much more difficult for teams to get a, a great read on who it is that they're taking or in free agency as well, uh, but it can be done via you know video conferencing, what have you, but it, it does make the 
NFL season a little trickier to maneuver here mm-hmm. as the the country is dealing with this outbreak. Um, for the Mariners, they're kind of in this limbo right now. They're, most of the team is down in Arizona. Our very own Shannon Dreher is still down in Arizona, um, still kind of wondering and waiting if baseball will resume in a timely fashion. But as we heard from Ken Rosenthal, that May could be a time in which they Push resume the, the season. Um, Only you, officially been delayed two weeks. Yes, but but they suspended all spring training activities right now. Correct. So there are not there won't be games played. There won't be official team workouts. Um, and despite MLB's announcement that players can leave spring training and head home, uh, the Mariners, the majority of the Mariners, are going to stay in uh, Peoria. 43 of the 49 members that are currently in the team's camp and 39 of the 40-man roster will stay in Peoria for the time being. Um, you know, I think Brandon Gustafson uh, of 710sports.com, he tweeted the other day that this could be a, a different this could be a unique way for this young Mariners team to bond, I guess, where they're all in it together and every single player in Major League Baseball, regardless of how good you are, is having to deal with this same thing. Now, obviously, financially, there are players that can that can ride this wave out much easier than the guys who are fighting to make roster spots. I think um, I've seen a bunch of GoFundMe pages uh, put out there for minor league baseball players who already don't make anything, and now they're kind of in this weird state of, yeah, I'm in camp, but I'm not making any money right now. Um, so that's something tricky to watch out for. When baseball resumes, I want to say this. When baseball gets back to playing and they allow fans to attend games, man, I want T-Mobile Park to be sold out. Like That would be just the coolest sight to see, You know, the first game back where they allow fans. Because I think even with the Mariners being what they are, and we know that they're not going to be in contention for the playoffs when this season resumes, but there is still an appetite for baseball from a lot of people in this town, regardless of how good or how bad the Mariners will be. And I think as soon as they remove any sort of of cap, you know, restricting public gatherings in this state, I would love to see a, a packed out T-Mobile Park, even if it's just for one night. And that will help send a message that you're truly there as a fan to support them, right? They're also will need your support when they open their doors to help make up some of the money that some of these owners and players are are contributing to the part-time employees of an arena or a stadium that all of these different things there's so much impact when these leagues decide to not you know continue or to delay there's impact on the restaurants near the venues there's impact on the people who work at the venues there's impact on people who help get people to the venues and from the venues safely so there is a trickle down effect of the impact and what it has on other employees who don't necessarily work for the team who don't have the means um to go out there and just ride this out unfortunately so we actually have some news on Shannon's whereabouts whoa so Kelly Monroe who is a uh, PR she works in the PR department for the Mariners. Yep. Her and Shannon are road tripping back currently Whoa. Uh, from Peoria to Seattle. Family road trip. I know. Like that's that's a long drive. So uh you know, 
if they want to tune into us, they can. Like, yeah, looking, they got to be looking for some kind of entertainment right now. Uh, call yeah. in, yeah, Shannon or Kelly, feel free to call in. <laughs> but yeah, so Shannon Dreyer, she's on her way back. Uh, so I guess that's that's good news. Um, elsewhere in the world of sports, here in the city of Seattle, the Sounders, yeah. Their season just got underway. Yes, it did. Uh, I believe they played, what, two matches? Mm -hmm. They won one, lost one? They won one. Oh, man, I'm spacing on this because I was on vacation, so I feel so bad. Um, They did win their home opener. Yes, and I actually believe they drew the second one. So their season will be delayed at least 30 days. Does it help or hurt that they got underway already, or do you think they're going to need a ramp up period in order to get back to, you know, playing shape and? and... They'll for sure need the ramp up period. I mean, it's such a physical game that they'll for sure need to ramp back up. But the season, the benefit of this though, is the season is so so long that it is such a grind that even if you're, you know. Uh, pushing games, canceling games, that you do still have enough time to let the players ramp back up and not push things at the end of the season. So there's an opportunity there, of course, for them to uh, make up some of the things. But, yeah, for the Sounders and, you know, starting the season, I think it won't have that much of an impact. I don't think it'll be a negative um, like it could be for some of these other leagues where they're missing the start. Now, with the XFL, the Dragons... Perfect uh, example. Yeah. Who, not only are we talking about the future of this you know, of the season, but yeah. we're also talking about can this league exist after having missed out on half a season's worth of revenue that mm-hmm. they had anticipated. And, you know, this is not... You know, it's unfortunate that now the, the feasibility of this league existing is brought into play because... I think it's something that show. I think they showed that they can be a viable product in this time of year. Unfortunately, we may not get to see it now. All indications are they expect to be playing again in 2021. But it's one thing to say that now. Yeah. But fast forward a year, they may have to redraft rosters. Who knows what teams are going to look like next year? Because I believe every player is on a one-year deal. Right. Well. Teams have to move cities. Will there be cities that can no longer financially support the team? Will there be cities that are more financially able to support a team? So, yeah, just really unfortunate. You're right. They had to actually cancel, not delay, not suspend. They canceled the rest of their season. So you don't get the playoff buzz that they were going to have. You don't get a champion or an MVP or any of those conversations. Or It's just... It's really unfortunate because they were, by all means, or all appearances, off to a great start in their first half of the season. Yeah, and you know those guys don't get to play for a championship. They don't get that extra film that maybe if they wanted to extend their playing careers or at least show off for an NFL team. But I do commend the XFL for, A, paying them their full salary the rest of the season, and, B, allowing them – to become free agents, and if yeah. an NFL team is interested in their services, they are free to sign with those players. So that's kind of the local impact on what these teams right now are dealing with with all the cancellations across the world of sports. Uh, who knows how long they're going to be. Um, you know, The NBA has sort of set a 30-day deadline, same with the Sounders and MLS, but who knows if that's 
you know, going to be the extent of it. Yeah, because schools here yeah. in the state of Washington are now About six no, weeks. Yeah, no school until the end of April. So maybe it's the end of April. I hope it's sooner. I hope we're we're coming back on a Saturday and talking about how all the leagues are resuming and that we're breaking the news on when the start dates for each league and each event are going to be again because they have answers, but we just don't know. So we have to kind of keep you updated as we find out information and uh, go along with this this journey. Well, up next, the NFL still deciding whether or not they're going to start their league year on time. If they do, what should Seattle's first move in free agency be? That's next, Seattle Sports Saturday. Seattle Sports Saturdays with Lydia Cruz, Curtis Rogers, and Taylor Jacobs. On 710 ESPN Seattle. It's funny. It's so funny. What should Seattle's first move in free agency be? Will there be free agency? Great question. (laughs) We're still waiting on that. Uh, If you missed it, Adam Schefter, he tweeted out uh, moments ago that the NFL is expecting to continue on with their league year once the CBA is passed and ratified. Uh, but there are some people in the NFL that wonder, uh, that have expressed skepticism that the league can start its uh, year on time, especially with all the travels and visits and physicals that have to happen in order for teams to do their due diligence on prospects and, and free agents and whatnot. But if it does open on time, the Seahawks, they'll be open for business. And when you look at what the Seahawks need to do, their shopping list, it's it's lengthy. Mm-hmm. It is. But I think it's doable. I think they can absolutely check off every piece that they need, especially because they're in a good cap situation, which is a far cry from where they've been over the last couple of years, where they haven't been able to make a big splash here or there. Yeah, the good thing, though, is they have the house, they have the car, they have the the furniture. Now it's just finding the little pieces to add. Can I get that wall mount for yeah. the TV? Get, get the rug that really ties the room together. Put the you know microwave I mean? in. Yes, all of those types of things. That's what the Seahawks are working on. So they're not worried about getting a new car or a new house or any of those things that the a lot of other NFL teams have to go through on a more regular basis. They got those things. So Curtis, you hit it right there. It is a manageable list. Even if it's long, it's a lamp, it's a, it's a chair. It's the little things that they can add there. And those are all, especially with the salary cap space, very doable for the Seahawks team. And then of those, I guess accoutrements yep. that they, yeah, that the Seahawks need. Which do you prioritize? Because it looks like you know you're going to have an opening at pass rush, whether it be through Clowney leaving or him staying. Maybe there's another guy you out you need to go out there and get. What about right tackle? Jermaine Effetti is not expected to stay. There's a big need right there. Do you prioritize you know somebody that can help you in your pass protection because? Seahawks, for as as many leaps as they've taken on the offensive line, they still sorely lack in keeping Russell Wilson upright. When you look, I think those are the two biggest needs right now for the Seahawks. To me, I think you can get, I think there's more ways to get creative on the defensive line than there are at right tackle because there just aren't many great right tackles out there. And I think the Seahawks could end up 
getting one of the better ones out there. I don't know who it would be. Uh, Brian Bulaga, his name has been thrown out there. Maybe they go for somebody in the draft, but right now I, I just I think there are more ways to get creative on the defensive line than there are at right tackle because you can bring in, you know, just a, a bunch of you know mid level guys on the defensive line, whereas at right tackle, you know, there's only like two or three guys that you can really bring in in that spot. Yeah, I agree, but I also feel like you gotta go out and get that defensive line first. That that has to be the top priority. Get that settled. Figure out what that number is. Whether it's Clowney overpaying for Clowney, whether you actually have to go out and trade for one of the guys like Ngakwe, or if you're gonna take the route where you the Jake Heaps route where you get a couple plug and play guys and you centrally take that route on the defensive line whatever the route they take or you want to take you got to start there and then you can start to address the offensive line playmakers cornerback safety those type of things so to me start with that defensive line get your plan in place execute and then Start the offensive line. Start filling in those things after that um, because you're right, Curtis. Um, there's not a lot of right tackles out there, so you're going to have to unfortunately figure out the biggest need first and then try and fill in those spots as well. Yeah, Bob Condota, he joined, I believe this was with uh, Bob Dave and Moore earlier this week. When talking about Yannick Ngakwe uh, being an option outside of Jadevian Clowney, if he were to leave, uh, he says the Seahawks might think twice about that not regarded as overly good against the run, which is something the Seahawks have always really valued. You know, that's one of the things that I think they like about Clowney that doesn't get a lot of attention, but it's how good he is against the run. You know, Michael Bennett was great against the run. I mean, they, you know, they love that about him. I mean, they've always really valued that in those guys up there. That's, you know, Pete, uh, Pete admonished one of us this year for asking about, you know, how the defense is the defensive philosophy and not, not realizing that it always is, is stopping the run first and all that. So, you know, in their eyes, maybe if, if, if they, if they see him in that same light, the way some other people do is not being all that good against the run, you know, that might, that might temper what their, their excitement over him is and, and what they would value him at. I, I do think that if the Seahawks were to bring in Unique Ngakwe, that would not be the end of their shopping spree because, like Kondota mentions there, he does lack the dominance in the run game that we saw from Jadevian Clowney this last season. And, you know, maybe Ngakwe plays sort of that Michael Bennett role where you just pin his hair back and watch him rush the passer and that's it. But, you know, the Seahawks, they value their their ability to stop the run and that's something that throughout the course of Pete and John's tenure here they've been pretty good at doing uh you know I can't ever remember a time where it was just you know an absolute disaster um whereas this year against the pass you know they got no pressure on other quarterbacks and we saw multiple guys have 400 yard days I think Andy Dalton and Matt Schaub put up 400 yards on the series now they won both those games but also you're in a position where you if you are going to compete for a Super Bowl, you just can't allow for those kinds of quarterbacks to do that. And the text line brings up a good point. Uh, the three six zero, they say the Seahawks secondary or their backyard in this instance, nice. if we're using the house metaphor, yep, is a mess. And I don't know if it's a mess, but it's certainly the the hedges are untrimmed right now. Yeah, and there's probably weeds in their garden that they want to get rid of and things like that. The flowers are not as as 
blooming and beautiful as they thought they would be when they first planted those flowers a couple of years ago. So I agree that, but again, let's get some of the things inside the house fixed up. Some of the things you see first and notice first when you walk in. And I would say specifically defensive line, offensive, offensive line, the big nasties. Those are the ones that you pay attention to quite a bit because with the way Russell Wilson plays and the way the defensive line didn't play last season, that's just where Seahawks fans are going to focus. But, Curtis, let me ask you this question. I was just thinking right. about this. You're in the draft, first-round pick. Seahawks keep the pick. You have a right tackle and a defensive lineman both on the board, both equal talent. I mean, I don't know how to, we could ever figure that out, but let's throw it in a vacuum. You know both those players would bring you, you know, Eight out of ten on offense and eight out of ten on defense. Which one would you take in the draft? Hmm. Would you rather address your D line in the draft and and put a lot of pressure on a young player, or put it on the offensive line and and try and hope that Dwayne Brown and some of these other guys can help teach and lead and and bring him up to speed on that offensive line? I think that that's a really good question. I'm gonna go with I would take the defensive end, and here's why. Because outside of Chase Young, there is not a lot of defensive ends available in this year's draft, a lot of good defensive ends. So there's going to be less to pick from, and if the next level guy is there, I think most people look at it, it's uh, Yatur Gross Matos from Penn State. If he's there and you don't think you can get him at your next pick in the second round, wherever that may be, if the Seahawks do indeed stay at number 27, I think you got to take him. And unfortunately, the Seahawks are in a position this year where they kind of have to draft for need over best player available. Right. Um, which is, it, it is a bummer because I would love, it, they've kind of been in that position for the last few years now. I would love to see Seattle be in a spot where they can take just the best guy on the board because they, you know, just adding the maximum available talent rather than a guy who you project maybe two, three years down the road, a la LJ Collier, who last year, I don't think anybody kind of expected him to be, you know, a 10 sack guy right out of the gate. And really, you know, I don't know if we'll ever see him get 10 sacks in a season, but I think there were a lot more expectations for him. But to me, I think the Seahawks, need to draft for need right now rather than best player available. Totally agree. Yeah, no, it'll be a great time when the Seahawks can draft best available and add to the competition that they so so much is built around competition. Adding true top flight players to those competitions will be great and it'll be great to see from Pete and John. You want some wild news right now? Of course. You want some wild this is I don't know if this is necessarily good news, but oh, it's man. wild news. I'm not even going to open my computer. Go ahead. Tell me. Rick Pitino oh, has sh- informed his Greek basketball league team that he is returning to college basketball. This according to CBS Sports' Matt Norlander. And he was at Panathinaikos? Yeah. Yes. So uh, There are rumors that it's either Iona, the Gales, who yep. I believe play in like New York City, or Grand Canyon University in Phoenix taking over for Dan Marley, who got fired a couple days ago. So, oh, yeah. Rick Patino. Also, both those schools sound made up. Yeah. You well, Grand I mean? Canyon is, uh, I believe, they're the only for profit school in college athletics. Yes. So they're kind of like uh, 
So it's half right. Yeah, they are, they are half made up, and the other it's one like is like a you know University of Phoenix Devry. And I'm sure someone's going to text in on the text line. Some Iona alumnus is just going to be furious with me. And what? Yeah. I'm, so, I'm sorry. It sounds like a fake school name. Graz did play by play for Iona. He back did. Then, he so. did. Sounds like the Tiburon sports team. <laughs> From EA Sports? Yeah. yeah. Speaking of sports video So, yeah, games. Rick Pitino potentially heading back to college basketball. That's just what we needed. That's the light we needed in this darkness. Boy, who thought it was going to be Rick Pitino, of all people, that would that would lead us through? Not me. Whew. Well, it's apparently it's, it's going to happen. So, uh, coming up, we need your shout-outs to the text line 710-710. That's how we wrap up every single Seattle Sports Saturday. But before that, why one 19-year-old is showing the way for so many of us, including the people that pay his paychecks. We talk that next year on Seattle Sports Saturday. Seattle Sports Saturdays with Lydia Cruz, Curtis Rogers, and Taylor Jacobs. On 710 ESPN Seattle. We need those shout-outs to the text line 710-710. That's the place to go if you got them here on this Seattle Sports Saturday. It's weird. Is, do we, is it Seattle Saturday then? I know, because the sports is kind of question mark. No, yeah. but look, there's still sports world. There's still things in and around sports that we're going to talk about. This is sports news, so we got to talk about it today and Hopefully next week we're talking about stuff a little bit more fun, a little bit more concrete NFL news. Hopefully there's other news on the fronts of some of these other leagues. So uh, we're just going to take it day by day, and we'll be with you right along for this whole entire journey. Absolutely. Now, across the sports landscape, we've seen a lot of people step up, and there is a lot of concern, especially out there for arena workers, those who work part time, those who you know are just in charge of concessions, box office, janitorial stuff, uh, ushers, all those people who, you know, m- that may be their main source of income, and right now they don't have that uh, because you know so many arenas and stadiums across the country and really across the world are you know they're boarded up and there isn't that income right now and. We've seen it across the NBA, a lot of players taking it upon themselves, most notably yesterday, Zion Williamson, only 19 years old, uh, saying he has donated money to pay the salaries of the Smoothie King Center Arena workers for uh, for the rest of the month through March 30th, which is a, just a tremendous gesture made by him. Uh, and to be 19 years old and to be that selfless. Right. Is, that's that's the thing, because Blake Griffin also doing it for Kevin Detroit, Love, Kevin Love doing it in, in Cleveland. So you expect that from a veteran player, someone who's been there. And I hate to say that Zion hasn't been there, but he's 19. This is his first season in the league. He's still a rookie. He hasn't even played a full season. He's barely even played this season. So the fact that he's already thinking that way, he's a part of this community and the people who are are working in that community and around him and helping to build him up to think to give back in that way is so commendable and such it's what we should be highlighting we could have spent most of the show talking about some of these great things people are doing and they don't have to do this they could sit back and, and let the owners do whatever they want to do or uh, sort of see where the chips fall they have no responsibility and 
we're not criticizing people who don't do this, but we're going to highlight the people who do go out of their way to, to make things like this possible. Now, there was a weird wrinkle in this in that there were people yesterday who may have felt Zion should have done this anonymously or done this without you know, the public eye on him. But that's losing sight of the gesture that was made. Right. And to be honest, can Zion Williamson do anything discreetly? He's exactly. six foot nine, two hundred and forty five pounds. Two, probably like two seventy five. Right. Yeah, he's like, a big fella. He's a huge guy. He's massive in that city as far as impact already in New Orleans. Well and- he's already, you know you look at athletes, you can really tell how famous somebody is if you only refer to refer to them by one name. Yeah. Kobe, LeBron, uh, you know, Peyton. Messi, Ronaldo. Zion is in that class already, and he's played just a handful of games in, in this league. And you bring up a good point. Can he do anything anonymously anymore? Probably not. Right. And him doing this is is just a, a tremendous gesture. You tip your cap to him. To criticize him for doing it publicly, though, I think is is a misdirection of that criticism because – his team is owned by somebody who has a net worth of $3 billion. Right. And they have not made any sort of public statement or have not made any sort of assurances that those arena workers will be paid beyond March 30th when, I mean, we look at the calendar right now, it's March 14th. The NBA has said at least 30 days. So that's mid-April when they would resume. Now, there there have been a lot of NBA teams that have made those assurances. Mark Cuban, owner of the Dallas Mavericks, the night the NBA season was put on hold, uh, he, he said he would put a plan in place. I know the Portland Trailblazers, they have said they will have a payment plan in place for uh, workers at the Moda Center. Canucks locally, yeah. Francesco Aquilini just announcing an hour ago that essentially a program has been developed and will be put into place for – any help for part-time employees with individual needs to help support them and avoid financial hardship during this unexpected unemployment uh, disruption. Yeah, and to criticize Zion for doing that, somebody who makes way less than what the Pelicans owner, Gail Benson, makes, is such a misdirection of where that criticism should go because $3 billion is your net worth, being able to pay your arena workers out of pocket should not cripple your 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 bank account. No. And and if anything, you should have things like this built into the plan anyways. You should have rainy these, day funds. Right. The contingency plans for emergencies. And look, I'm not a billionaire. I'm not an owner of a sports team. I don't know how that world works, but just the assumption that they have these fail safes in place. They've been so successful to become billionaires and owners. You would think they would be thoughtful enough to put those plans into place. You know, what ifs the, what mm-hmm. if situation? I, I wonder because we, we see it a lot more in the NBA. The NBA has really been at the forefront of all of these measures over the last couple of days where they're, you know, making sure, you know, workers are, taken care of they were the first to suspend their season you haven't heard much about it from major league baseball owners you haven't heard much about it from a lot of other sports and i wonder you know especially with major league baseball and how many games that do get played there are more baseball games that get played in one stadium in a week than a lot of these nba teams play 
over the course of two weeks. You know, there's a there the Mariners, if their schedule were played as it currently stands, they have an eleven game homestand in July at one point. NBA teams over the course of a month don't have eleven home dates. That's a lot of opportunities for people to get that extra money, or if it's their one job, to get their main source of income. And it would be really reassuring if not just the Mariners, but if any team in Major League Baseball would say, hey, you know what, if we're going to miss dates, we'll make sure our workers who were scheduled to work those dates do get their paycheck because this is something that, you know, was completely out of our hands. This is something that's completely out of their hands. And, you know, I've been an arena worker before. I've worked box office. Like, there are a lot of people that work in those arena situations that that is how they survive, you know, paycheck to paycheck. Right. And to take that away from them, it's really tough. And look, maybe it's not just a financial, like, hey, we're going to pay you X. Maybe it's, hey, we can help you get a temporary job at blank until we resume. We can help you do this. I, I think that's the one thing people miss out on that. If this were to spread and even get worse, that we're not expecting companies to go out there and just pay their employees not to work, but a plan to help them live and to be a member so that when they come back and everything returns to normal, they can contribute to your company as is, as you expect them to do before all of this stuff happens. So just tell us that there's a plan in, in the works. Tell us that you're working on something to to let us know as fans that they also care about the people that don't slam dunk the ball or hit home runs, that they care about the people sweeping up after you when you leave the game. They care about the people helping to facilitate things during the game, that those members of the team are just as valued as the people actually on the team. Hat tip to Zion Williamson yeah. for uh, being and, just 19 years old and showing the way for a lot of a And lot of anyone out there donating. Yes. You don't have to be just 19. You don't have to donate $100,000. It could be a few bucks when you get it to go order, you know, helping to helping that small restaurant to deal with some of these things. It could be, you know, making sure that you do have your gardener come or someone else come and do the job that they've been doing regularly. Trying to maintain as much regular life as possible in these tough times, I think, is what we're trying to do. And what we're also trying to do is get your shout-outs to the text line. You should have a lot. Yeah, there's going to be plenty to get to today. A lot of people to shout-out, a lot of people working hard out there. We'll get into those next here on 710 ESPN Seattle. Seattle Sports Saturdays with Lydia Cruz, Curtis Rogers, and Taylor Jacobs. On 710 ESPN Seattle. You know what we got coming on after us today? Yeah, I can't wait. It, it makes the past three hours worth every dollar. We were really the the appetizer for what's coming up at noon. The aperitif, if you will. It's the return of the golf show <laughs> with Jim Moore and Sean Crew right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. Mm, what a way to cleanse your palate. Yeah. Three hours of us, you get the golf show. What a way to go out. That's, I can't wait. That's great. I can't wait. Quality Jim Moore's stuff. here. He's in so, the building. He's so excited to be working on a Saturday. Couldn't wait. Yeah. Doing Busted in easily him. four hours ago. <laughs> it's like, Jim, go home for a bit. Yeah, Jim, you beat us to the station today. Take your dog on a walk and you can come back. We know he's hyped to be here, but <laughs> maybe ease up a little bit. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's time for shout-outs here on 710 ESPN Seattle here on Seattle Sports Saturday. 
Uh, so many to get to today from the 509. Shout out to you guys being in today. It's so nice to be able to turn on 710 and still be able to listen to sports in light of circumstances. It's nice to have a place to take our minds off everything that's going on right now. Cheers to you. Shout out to the 509. Yeah, uh, it is It is great to have this outlet uh, to be able to process all that, that has gone on over the last week and really over the last you know couple months with just how this has unfolded, but yeah, we're we're gonna be here for as long as as we can, and you know who knows what this situation is gonna evolve into or hopefully devolve into. Right. Um. But yeah, we're here for you. Uh, DMs are always open because I know there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of worry out there, yep. which is unfortunate. Um, you know, you wish you can just kind of take it and and you know be able to dispose of it just as easily as it, as it comes around. But, uh, you know, there, there's, I think the toughest part is just the unknown right now. And, you know, we're going to be here to, to guide everybody through it as best as we can and and do our best. Yeah. And like you said, we're in this together. We're going, we're fans of these sports. We're Seattle fans that were born and raised here. So these are all the things we love. We love it so much. We made it our job. Right. And now, we're in a weird spot where we're there's no thing that we talk about. The thing we talk about is delayed, canceled, suspended for the time being. So, you know, we're going to rely on you guys as well to help us talk about the things the community wants to talk about and talk about and highlight the things going on here in Seattle and the positive stories we need to be talking about. So, if you have anything, again, text in 710, DM us on Twitter, at a kid from Kent, at Taylor Jacobs for me. And, uh, yeah, if you're a high school kid, college kid, you know any of these kids or any of their stories, please let us know so we can highlight them and sort of bring some light to the sports world that is incredibly dark right now. From the 253, shout out to my brother Tony back from Wazoo. Ooh, go Cougs. Go yeah. Tony. Go Cougs. Uh, is your... Last name Bennett, by any chance, because I would quite like your brother to be back at Wazoo (laughs) if his name was Tony Bennett. Yeah, I mean, shout out to, uh, you know, all the college kids that are going through this, too, having to do class from home. Shout out to all the school kids that uh, are going to have to do school from home for the next six weeks. On the surface, online classes sound fun. You get to do school in your pajamas. But it's not easy. It's not easy to wake up every day and to log in because there are a lot of distractions. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a little difficult, I think, you know, early on. But I, I honestly think the way of life we're used to will change in some way. I think the way we clean our hands and, and mm-hmm. deal with each other that way will change a bit. I think travel cleanliness and those types of things may change going forward. What does working from home look like for certain companies going forward? So a lot of uncertainty out there, whatever realm you're in, whether it's sports, your life, your job, any of those things. And again, we're in those same boats with you together. So we want to be here with you talking about that, highlighting all the good things like the 360, not a sports mm. shout out, but the mail carriers, UPS, FedEx drivers who are bringing the toilet paper, the medications and everything else we need door to door. Yes, thank yeah. you. If you're working, if you're out there working, if you're an essential employee, quote unquote, everyone is is essential. But if your job deems you essential, thank you to for you doing your job and trying to again keep things as normal and as consistent as possible because that will help us get back there as quickly as possible. Uh, along those lines, shout out to 
grocery store workers yes. right now, having to put in crazy hours, having to deal with lines and crowds that they probably have never seen before. You know, in their time working at those jobs. Uh, you know, and being clean. And yes. on top of all those things, having to be extra clean and take their own extra steps as well. Yeah. Um, shout out. Uh, yeah, the 425. They say shout out to all the vendors, grocery retailers, and clerks. Lots, lots of impatient, impatient people with bad attitudes to deal with. Hey, let's just be patient be nice to each other. We all need things from the grocery store. Honestly, yeah. someone who's worked in both retail and at a restaurant, you would be surprised how often... A little conversation, a little something goes a long way. Asking someone how their day is doing, how they're doing, you know, are they busy today? What's going on with their day can go so far. If you're at a restaurant, tipping a few extra dollars if you can to someone. You could make someone's day, make someone's week with a simple something like that. So if you can, look, not everyone can. But if you can, try and go out and just make a little difference in someone's life. Another shout-out from the 253. They say shout-out all the government emergency management workers. These yep. people are working around the clock to get resources where needed, provide the public critical information, and reduce the impact to our way of life. These folks are unsung heroes. Uh, 360 says shout-out to healthcare workers. Uh, oh, yeah. So, Nurses, yeah. scientists who are helping to try and work on a, a cure or work on information on what – the coronavirus and COVID-19 actually is. So we have more information on how to prepare ourselves. We don't get to see those people. They're behind the scenes and they're doing such a great job. So shout out to all those people helping to bring information and, and real truth to light with this situation. Yeah. Shout out also to all the people on our FM station here in the building, 97.3 FM uh, who have been just, churning out news left and right for the last week they've been putting in crazy hours um you know they've been dedicating really their entire on-air shows to just news about all of this um so shout out to them for just you know putting in those hours and working real hard and and putting aside their differences right the political world is so divided and we know it's uh, uh you know two sides most of the time taking on each other and to see them put the swords and shields down and focus on a cause united, it shows you what the United States of America means. What what happens when America is a United States? And I, I'm unfortunately we had to see it in a situation like this, but you truly get to see the best of of people when times get tough. And I'm hoping we get to see more of the best of humanity. Yeah, and uh, we're you know we're gonna be here. Shout out to the board ops. Oh, yeah. Working on the boards who are yeah. still keeping the radio and entertainment going for you guys. Shout out to the engineers oh, my uh, in the building. Yes. Who definitely don't get enough. One things. specific one. Yes. Uh, my fiance. Yeah. yeah. Shout, uh, out, shout out. Yeah. I've got to shout that out. Yes. And, and again, just try and be kind and nice and open minded to people as they go through some of the struggles because they may be different than yours. That some people may be going through a different struggle. So just be open minded to that. Yeah, that is uh, that's going to do it for us here today on the Seattle Sports Saturday. If you missed any of our three hours, make sure you're checking out the podcast page, 710sports.com. Click on podcast, scroll down. We're there for you. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcasts. Do not go anywhere, though. We have got yeah. the valiant return yes. of the golf show. One Jim Moore, one Sean Crew. Tee it up, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, don't. Let it rip, man. You're about four minutes away. Grip it and rip it.
That's the only advice we can leave you with here today. That's going to do it for us. This is Seattle Sports Saturday on 710 ESPN Seattle.